Welcome to another episode of Call Bang Sports. I, I guess this isn't really a real episode. This is just a post game for the Jazz and Hawks game. I was going to do I was going to do a live stream. My computer was acting slow and I was setting up, so hopefully this is okay. I'll try to get out as quick as I can. Also, my mic has been acting funny today, so I'm hoping this works. If it doesn't work, then you probably won't be watching this recording uh, because I'll be re-recording it after I figure out what's going on with my mic. But Enough with that. The Jazz beat the Hawks. Uh, Great win. Jazz are looking really good so far. They still have some issues, but I I saw some bright spots that they're fixing these issues this game. Um, Hopefully that continues on Thursday when they play the Pacers, I believe. Um, But let's talk about this game real quick. First, I like to talk about each team that we play because we're always talking about the Jazz on this channel. I like to talk a little bit about the the rest of the NBA too. Um, and also I'll jump into the jazz stats, but real quick, let's talk about the Hawks. Um, the Hawks, they came into the season with high expectations. They were just in the Eastern conference finals last year. Uh, they had that crazy run, beat the Knicks and then beat the Sixers and then put a uh, loss to the Bucks in the Eastern conference finals. Um, I think a lot of people had high expectations. Their roster is mostly the same. Uh, they were even a little bit injured during the playoffs. So, uh, but they're not playing great. They're four and eight right now. I think they'll turn it around. I think everyone's still expecting them to be, to be a playoff team. So we'll look for that. But here's kind of my, and this is this is mainly based off of the few games that I saw from them from the playoffs and this game of what I saw from them and the stats. Here's why I don't think the Hawks are legit finals contenders and they'll really need to rebuild uh, not rebuild, but they'll they'll need to like restructure their their roster to be there, and it's because they are super reliant on the three. Um, and, and I'm probably putting too much emphasis on what happened this game because Kevin Herter went off. Uh, he was the highest highest score of the game. He's a three point shooter, so when Kevin Herter goes off, the three numbers are going to be looking a little bit different than they normally will for the Hawks. But Trey Young, he's someone who he can drive, but he likes to stay outside the three-point line and shoot there. And I know I'm probably going to get some comments like, well, that's what Charles Barkley was saying about the Warriors, how a three-point shooting team can't win a championship. And I'm not saying that a three-point shooting team can't win a championship, but the Warriors, they were more than just a three-point shooting team. Uh, they were excellent three-point shooters, but they could do other stuff really well as well. Um and the Hawks, kind of what I'm seeing is, uh, so for example, in tonight's game, and I promise I'll get to the Jazz uh, uh, here really soon, but from what I saw from the Hawks in tonight's game, just looking at the stats, they made 37 shots and they shot 85. Uh, so 43, well, let's round up, 44% from the field. Not great. Uh, not the worst thing ever. You'd like to see it higher, though. It's tough to win games shooting for 44%. From three... They were fifty-one percent. They they like they made eighteen threes and they made nineteen twos, and they only got to the line ten times. So what that's telling me is they're happy staying outside the three-point line. And if they if you can shoot fifty-one percent from three every night, all of your shots should be threes. But they won't shoot fifty-one percent from three every night. That's not going to work. And if that's their game plan, people are going to figure out how to how to shut that down. And if you don't have viable options to get inside 
um, get layups a lot. Take a couple of mid-range. I know analytics people don't like mid-range shots. Mid-range shots are like it's like it's like running up the middle in in football. Uh, it's you're not going to get a touchdown when you run up the middle. So if you're trying to get a touchdown, that's not the move. But running every once in a while sets up the passing plays. Taking a mid-range shot uh, either frees up the paint so you can go score a layup or it forces people to play off you a little bit and, and let you get those threes. Just like taking a light, like trying to get inside and, and post up or get some drives. I'm not saying do this every single play, but it's like it's like the run setting with the pass in football. You need to have the ability to score from anywhere, and that way if it, you kind of get to control the defense if you're able to score from anywhere. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that I'm concerned about with the Hawks. Not that I'm a Hawks fan or really rooting for them. Uh, I was just expecting more from them through their first 12 games of the season. Um, let's jump over to the Jazz. I'll talk about the Hawks a little bit more, but I, I think that's kind of like I, I got most of that out of my system. I'll, I'll say it that way. Um, and And the reason I brought this up with the Hawks is because I saw a lot of this from the Jazz. The Jazz... A lot of people think, like, especially after last year, a lot of people think, oh, they're the team who's going to, like, hit 23s on you every night. And they are. Uh, They hit 15 threes tonight. That's not 20, but that's really solid. Um, But they made 41 shots. They made, uh, let me do the math real quick. Uh, What is that, like? Ah, dang it. Don't do math on camera. It's it's tricky. (laughs) Um, So they made... Uh, twenty uh, something twos. Uh, someone's gonna comment and talk about how stupid it is that I couldn't do that math in my head. But you're on camera. You're under pressure. <laughs> uh, you, you you try doing it sometime. But they they made a lot more twos than threes. Um, they have the, the like Donovan Mitchell's not afraid to take a dribble in from the three point line and shoot a mid range shot. Um, the Jazz they're they're very willing to pass up an open three for an open layup. Um. And, but because they're so willing to shoot threes, it forces, and they have so many three-point shooters, it forces the defense out, which opens up those those layups and those dunks for for Rudy Gobert or for uh, Bogdanovich to drive in there and do his thing. So, kind of what the Hawks had, had to have been having a tough time with, the Jazz look like a very mature team that could score from anywhere and and do it everywhere, um, and that's why they won by twelve points. So good job for the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz have been having some shooting problems. Uh, that's been very well publicized. I, I've i been noticing it from game one, but it's kind of continued. Tonight, that wasn't a thing. They shot over 50% from the field. They shot, if you round up, they shot 40% from three, which is, that's like an ideal world for me. If they can shoot 50%, like 50-40 from, from the field and from three every night, that is perfect, and the Jazz will probably win the championship if they can if they can shoot like that every night. They also got 13 points from the free throw line, shooting over 80%. That's exactly what I want to see from the team. Um, obviously, it's not going to be that's not going to stay up there, but drop two percentage points if they can stay high 70s from the free throw line, high 30s from three, and high 40s from the field. Like uh it'll be solved. So that's one ga- that's one game. I'm not going to put too much on it, especially the Hawks aren't the best defensive team. Um they out-rebounded the Hawks, which the Jazz are a bigger team. They is they did play a tough center in Clint Capella. He had double-digit rebounds, so um 
but the Jazz are a much better team rebounding team than the Hawks are. Nate and I talked about that on our our episode on Saturday. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. Um, but yeah, the the next thing that I've been noticing for a long time with the Jazz, I'm sure you've noticed it if you've been following the Jazz the past couple of seasons, is turnovers. Um, tonight wasn't the worst thing in the world. They had 15 turnovers, but I mentioned at the beginning how I think there's some there's some. I'm seeing some good things that might be a sign of improvement here. Um, one thing I want to point out is the Jazz in the past didn't only have a lot of turnovers, but they had kind of mediocre transition defense. Tonight at least, which I think the Hawks are a team that's built pretty well for transition, maybe not the best, they're not the most athletic team, but they can move down the court pretty quickly. Um, tonight, even though they had more turnovers than the Hawks, they had more points off of turnovers, which means that they were really stopping the fast break. They only allowed eight fast break fast break points all night, which is awesome. I, lo- I love seeing that hustle. That's an important stat. I think that's an often overlooked stat um, because fast break points are just uh, free points. You, they don't have to work for it all. They don't have to work for it at all. It's normally uh, changes the momentum of the game. It gives everyone on the other team, like on the team that scores a fast break point, it gives them a lot of energy. So those are important possessions to stop, make them slow down and set up. And if they score off of that, that happens, but make them score in the half court. Don't let them score in fast break. So that was kind of a tangent. I was saying there's some good stuff going on. If I hop over to the box score, Donovan Mitchell, um, I've been seeing a lot this season. It's all I also saw some before he got injured last season when towards the end of last season, like playoffs, end of the season, he was injured. What we saw from him uh it as great as he is and as great as he was, it, it not everything was perfect. Um but Donovan Mitchell, I'm seeing a lot of great point guard attributes. He's reading the floor a lot better. He um He's making some smart passes. Tonight, there was one play in particular that I remember where he had the ball. It was, it was kind of a fast break situation, a transition situation. It, he wasn't pushing it like you would expect with a normal tra- uh, fast break, but he, he held the ball. He stopped a little bit, and he's just dribbling. He had it. I forget the two players, but he had a teammate open on the three, and it was a cross court. He could have made the pass. It would have been a, It would have been an okay shot. Um, and he saw that pass and I could see in his brain, he, so he sees that pass, but he sees, I forget whether it was Gobert or Whiteside. I think it was Gobert. I don't remember on the play. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Gobert or Whiteside, one of our centers, he was cutting, well, not really cutting, but he was running down the floor and there was no one in the middle. Uh, Mitchell saw this. He didn't make the pass. That would have been a, a good three, not the, not a wide open three, but a good three. And he, he kind of hesitated towards that pass so the defense kind of thought he was going that direction and they did a little shovel pass over to Gobert as he was running down the floor Gobert got a a nice dunker layup on the other end or just just right there so uh that's what I'm seeing from Mitchell the problems with this that I'm seeing from Mitchell is I've I've seen a lot of games so far this season a lot of games last season where Mitchell he was getting four or five turnovers a game uh tonight he only had one it's one game. I'm not going to put too much weight on it, especially if the Hawks aren't the best defense in the world. But it's a step in the right direction. 
especially when he had three steals. So he was making a he was making a great effort on defense, and he was taking care of the ball on offense. And and the reason why I'm, I may be a little bit overly optimistic after one game of just one turnover is most of the turnovers that I see from Donovan Mitchell aren't uh, they're they're just little things that could easily be ironed out, and he's I th- like from just that one play is showing me that he's learning to slow down, um, and that's one play, but I haven't seen a ton of it in the past. I'm se- I've seen a few of them like that this season. I think he's starting to learn how when to speed up and when to slow down, which. I think is huge, especially if he's going to be a primary ball handler and it will help him make his smarter passes um, like like he did in that play. So I'm really excited about Donovan Mitchell after this game. Not that I haven't been before, but this is another little thing that I is showing me that he's making progress towards uh, being the best possible player he can be. And he shot great tonight. He had 27 points. He was over 50%. Uh, he was with 11 of 20 shooting. And he was really the star of the show tonight. Even though uh, Herder scored more, uh, Donovan Mitchell was on the winning team and he scored one point less. Um, the rest of the Jazz, they, they came in and helped. Uh, Bogdanovich had his 18 points. Clarkson came in with his 16. Um, Whiteside almost had a double-double with 10 points, 9 rebounds. Gobert almost had a double-double with 9 points, 14 rebounds. Not Gobert's greatest night, but... Um, he only played 24 minutes. Whiteside played 23. Like, I, I think, yeah, like, I don't know what's going on there. Um, uh, it might have been just the Jazz wanted to keep a fresh center out there for Capella um, because they're, the Hawks' backup center is Dang, and he didn't do anything tonight. He was a minus four plus minus three rebounds and assist and a steal in 11 minutes didn't score any points so they were i think they were kind of trying to tire out capella and capella had an okay night 13 points 12 boards but that's kind of what i'm seeing from tonight um great win for the jazz uh eight and three after a rough loss to the magic uh that's a good bounce back win the whole team was healthy at least the starters um well yeah the whole team was healthy they played the entire active roster which that's another thing even though most of them only played like one minute, I'm seeing Quinn Snyder be more open to playing a deeper lineups, which I'm excited about. Um, I like seeing I like seeing those players, especially when we're a good enough team that we can have double digit victories pretty regularly. So, so I saw from this game, uh, I'm, I'm I'm missing the the live stream again. My computer was slow. It's fun when we have that, but. The nice thing about this is I can get it quicker to to all the platforms that that we publish this to. So hopefully those um, people who aren't on our primary platform can can watch us quicker. But let me know what you think of the Jazz, what you saw from this win, um, and make sure to tune in for Thursday. I'm not sure if that will be live or, or pre-recorded or what's going on there, but we'll have a video for that. Make sure to come watch that. Uh, it should be fun. Hopefully, another Jazz victory. I'll be I I'll be covering that one too, unless something crazy happens. I don't want to promise anything. Life happens sometimes, but um, yeah. So make sure to like the video, follow us on whatever platform you're you're watching this on or listening to this on, and especially if you're a Jazz fan, you need to. But 
Yeah, thanks for tuning in and go Jazz.